two-party podcast, we use Anchor because it's such an easy platform to uh, get get advertising and sponsors over a variety of different areas where you can get your podcast heard on different platforms. Uh, it's easy to upload. It's easy to add content. It's easy to delete and edit. Um, it's just a very simple platform. Helps you get your get off the ground. Kind of help you get your podcast moving forward. Um, and simplifies a lot of things in the business that that typically you wouldn't know and you'd have to learn. So it, it does help with the learning curve. So we we really appreciate and use Anchor uh, as well as. It's many other platforms we've tried. Anchor seems to be the easiest. So let's go ahead and discuss um, the, the main reason you were wanting to call in is talk about a third party. Um, before we get into that, let's talk about who you are and, and what your background is. Okay. Uh, I just got off of uh, running for mayor of Tulsa, and uh, one of my platforms was to um, stop the war on drugs, because uh, the war on drugs has a huge effect on the city of Tulsa. Yeah. Um, it corrupts the police department for one thing, and it puts a lot of people into poverty, and it has a direct effect on the quality of life for the Tulsa citizens. And my whole deal, if I had been elected mayor, was I was going to direct the city legal department to file a lawsuit in federal court and possibly take the case to the Supreme Court to challenge the the constitutionality of the Controlled Substances Act. Um, This is the 900-pound gorilla in the room uh, in Oklahoma and across 33 Confederate Canada states of America that have legalized marijuana. Uh, the way that works is that even though we have limited state immunity from state prosecution, we do not have any limit uh, immunity from federal prosecution for yeah. federal crime in a federal court. Correct. And how that's going to work out is because the, the current case we're going to see an influx of federal agents. We're talking about DEA agents, um, ATF, IRS, FBI to investigate major crimes. What are major crimes? Drug trafficking, murders. Uh, the way that the way it's going to work, work out is um, whenever they find a dead body on Indian territory. City of Tulsa, they're going to first ask, does this uh, body uh, have any connection to, to the natives? Yeah. And they're going to work back from there. I think, I think we're already seeing that right now. We're seeing a bunch of cases that are playing out in the federal court. Um, uh, interesting enough that you mentioned that. Uh, I believe, I forget the guy's name, but he was just released today uh, after a cold case of a bunch of uh, rapes of women. 
and DNA evidence proving it was him, but because it fell under federal jurisdiction and the uh, statute of limitation gave out, he was released. Exactly. And uh, I've been accused of fear-mongering within the cannabis community, and uh, you're like the second person in the know who says that's not the case. And um, criminal investigations have a way of going in all different kind of directions. Yes. I would agree. And if, if uh, anyone uh, who has a medical card, uh, even for simple possession, ends up in that criminal uh, um, chain of investigation, uh, they're going to be um, implicated. Uh, they're going to be investigated. Um, and they're going to be put through the ringer, punished by process or even having simple possession marijuana just to get them to talk so that they can get to the bigger fish of marijuana trafficking, heroin trafficking, cocaine trafficking, and the vast majority of murders uh, are because of a drug deal gone bad. Yeah. A big, a big drug deal gone bad. Yeah. And of course the remainder of those is you know, domestic cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to warn people about that, and that's why I'm on the track to do whatever I can to end the war on drugs, challenge the constitutionality of the Controlled Substance Act, and uh, this new third party. I've been working this third party, Cannabis Party of Oklahoma, since uh, 2018. Exactly on the day of November 16, 2018, I filed a paperwork to the Oklahoma Election Board called a Notice of Intent to Form a New Political Party. It's a very simple piece of paper. One page, one sheet, you just go, you intend to form a new political party. Right. And and away you go. And uh, the clock starts ticking on a petition to recognize a new political party, Cannabis Party Oklahoma. Uh, um, and that's 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 very interesting um you know and I, we have a lot of discussion on this show and we'll have a lot of new content coming out we launch in september so we'll, we're going to have a lot of updated content but um it's interesting you bring up the third party because um while the show is called two-party podcast we're not really considered political in, in nature but we discuss a lot of politics um something i find interesting is how you, you have so much division in the nation and country between Democrat, Republican. And our country and our nation is ran Democrat, Republican. And it doesn't matter about the independent, it doesn't matter about the libertarian. Um, what matters is the Democrat, Republican, because no matter what, there's not enough numbers to sway that base. And the problem we really have in this nation, no matter whether anyone wants to face it, is no matter who's president, we have a two-party system that is literally running our nation and it's the congressional leadership it's it's the left and right congressional leadership of a two-party system that's failing us it's really not it has nothing to do with who our president really is because he's not allowed to make those laws and he's not making those decisions executively yes but we really do have a failure in our two-party system and that's where i really want to hear your perspective on a third party and what vision and where that third party could go 
or where it could get a base following that could even compete with either of the left or right party. Absolutely. Uh, numbers matters. Yes. Bottom line. That's it. Here's, here's where my numbers come from. 
while we fight the, the case in federal court. Right. So what are, what are some of your big, because um, everything's political, obviously, in, in this state or any state, um, and as far as the cannabis movement, we know it's at this point, we've got the medical program in place, but what we're facing now is with any changes to the medical program or any, any additional uh, amendments to the, the 788 or any of those, uh, what we're finding is a, a political wall. And so what are some support, what are some supports that you have or network in your network? What are some people that you have that are backing this and supporting this? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've uh, met up with some uh, influential political operators behind the scenes uh, who are advising me on how to do this. In fact, the GoFundMe page uh, was an idea that I never considered. And it came from a political operative who was working on a on a major campaign right now, um, and I can't name her. Of course, yeah. Uh, so um, there's other uh, people that get it. Uh, I am uh, doing networking uh, through a place called Uptown Networks. It's a cannabis incubator in Oklahoma City, uh, near the Capitol. And I'm getting plugged into um, their network, uh, their um, experienced people in the know. Uh, like I said, I was trained as a Marine Corps officer, so I don't always have all the facts, uh, but I was trained to connect dots. Yep. Uh, I don't always have um, a clear plan, uh, so I connect dots. But the clear plan, the platform, the top three platform for Cannabis Party Oklahoma is number one, to allow the patients, the end users, to pay by credit card. Why is it that folks can buy booze and cigarettes with their credit card, but they can't buy cannabis with their credit card to the dispensary? Yeah, I find that I, I find it interesting at, at this stage in the game, and as long as the program's been implemented, why we haven't gotten away from the cash and into where we can use our credit cards for patients that, that literally have direct deposit and only access to a bank instead of making them pay fees at the ATM to pull cash out. Why not just go ahead and implement that credit card? And I know it's based on a lot of the federal you know loopholes and stuff like that, um, but it is interesting that we can't use a credit basis yet for, for cannabis. Absolutely. Um, if cannabis party can take control of the state legislature, we can actually create a state cannabis banking system independent of the Federal Reserve banking system. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we can, we can um, do a blockchain, Bitcoin-style payment system just for cannabis. Yeah. And, and, you know, you look at the, how much tax revenue cannabis program has already brought into Oklahoma and continues to daily, and it doesn't make any sense, not politically, let alone just for our state and the citizens, it doesn't make any sense for them not to expand these programs and make these certain amendments that people are wanting. Um, I hear a lot about the recreational side and, and that people are trying to pass a bill to get the recreational on. Uh, what's your thoughts on the recreational side of, of the program? Well, the feedback I'm getting on the recreational program is um, the folks, uh, the, the, the 788 hardcore activists, they don't want it. Right. That's why I took it. Um, I took their cause to the Oklahoma Supreme Court, 
and challenge the constitutionality of 807. And um, we came um, two votes short um, of uh, shutting out 807. But of course now 807 has been withdrawn uh, because uh, I'm, uh, that, 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 that lawsuit in the Oklahoma Supreme Court ran out the time for collecting signatures in the first place. Yeah. Let me stop. Let me stop you right there, Paul. I'm just going to stop. Um, it does always seem that the recreational side of things tends to damage the, the, the integrity of the medical side of it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, look at California. Uh, it is heavily regulated. Their, their, mar- their cannabis market has for all such purposes collapsed in the chaos. Yes. And I know they're they're one of the they're one of the states that that taxes and capitalizes on the fines and fees uh, associated with even being part of the program. Oh, absolutely! Um, Humboldt County growers are going bankrupt because of overregulation. They were promised a completely different bill of goods back in the day when Governor Newsom went up and told them a brighter day ahead. Yep. Humboldt County is courts go very slow federal courts go very slow and especially when it's on a topic like this that they really don't want to even hear about well absolutely and cannabis party oklahoma is the quick um dirty uh pushback uh in the state legislature and possibly against federal intervention Mm -hmm. Uh, we do have uh, the 10th amendment anti-commandeering clause working here and uh, we can use the political process uh, to hold back the federal tide that's coming into Indian territory and that's what Cannabis Party is all about in the short term Um, on November 16th uh, I'm going to file that paperwork notice of intent to form a new political party again Um, and hopefully we'll have a thousand signature collectors in place by then uh, to knock out 37,000 signatures on the petition to recognize Cannabis Party Oklahoma. When that happens, when the election board verifies those signatures, Cannabis Party will be on all the 
voter registration forms that go out across the state. And voters will be able to change the registration from Republican and the Democrats, Libertarian's Canada Party, Oklahoma. And um, I'm expecting a million registered Canada's Party voters by April 20th, 2021. That would be huge. That would be huge. Yeah. Just getting, just getting those 37,000 uh, signatures verified would be huge. That's, be a that's, that's a very big target to hit. Um, it's a good goal. It's a very huge target to hit. And, um, you know, you, ha- you have... You have a lot of people who, uh, I mean, I'm 44 years old. You have a lot of people that are ingrained in, you know, they're, they're very loyal to the party. They're very, whether they will say it in public or admit it to a friend even, they're very loyal to their party. Um, I, I grew up, I was raised, I was Democratic right out of high school. I was a Democrat. Uh, as I got older, I started seeing more policy that I liked in the Republican side of things as a business owner. Um, now I kind of am still... I feel like the two-party system's a failure all the way around. I, I, I don't see that either party is, I, I don't see much of a failure in this administration as much as others may do. Um, I, I see the failures of the past administration, but at, at, at the end of the day, I see that both parties are failing the nation. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, we, we have two parties that control our nation, whether it works or doesn't work, that cannot agree to hand money out to the people that need it. And that's a real failure. Um, and so to me, it's, it's being loyal to the party at this day and age ha- is continuing to fail generations. Um, I think uh, you have a great idea looking into setting up a third party um, just, just on that basis, just on the basis that the two-party system's a failure. Absolutely. Whether you partake or not, um, we should be looking at limited government. The government has as much right to decide what we put in our body as what we put in our minds. It's none of their business. So if you're a Republican, you get that message. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a Democrat, uh, you get the message uh, of, of partaking. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I think that 507,582 voters, we can cut that number into the hard voters and the soft voters. Do we have more than a thousand hard voters within that 507,582 group? Probably. Yeah. And they're going to they're going to lead the charge for Cannabis Party Oklahoma. Um, this is not about Paul Tay. This is about a bigger message of Paul Tay. And I expect to step way back after those signatures have been collected and verified. And let let it let it, let the party run its course. Um, yes, we're going to have party infighting just like everybody else. If, if you look at the way 788 organization went down, uh, the drama that happened, I see that happening in, in Canada's party also. Yeah. But uh, I feel like we have a common cause in number one, uh, allowing the patient pay with plastic, allowing the, the, uh, the businesses to access the capital markets and take out business loans like everybody else, mm-hmm. and allowing the businesses to take the write off standard business deductions like everybody else. Yeah, that's, that's something I've, I've 
even again from day one and now that we've already moved our medical program has been it been affiliated it's paid tax dollars for several years now i see the same thing i don't understand why um, the cannabis cannabis business is not seen and i know on the federal structure we can we can overlook that but overall the businesses as a whole is not represented and or being treated as any other legitimate business in the nation um, and, and you could almost compare some of the bigger growers or some of the bigger revenue people in the medical marijuana, you could almost put them uh, in comparison to say a Walmart uh, that's bringing in that much tax revenue to the community of Tulsa. Absolutely. The bare, the bare straight up truth is in the eyes of the federal law, Controlled Substance Act, in the eyes of federal DEA agents, ATF, IRS, cannabis businesses are not legitimate businesses. Straight up. Yeah. And I think that needs to cannabis change. Business, cannabis businesses are outlaws. And from day one, 788 has been on the book for RICO prosecutions. You would think... Um on that line, you would think that maybe the money, the revenue they're losing by not being able to make the arrests, and then you compare the, the money they would make on, on the revenue for arresting cannabis and or possession charges, and then you out you weigh that with how much money the, the medical program is bringing in for tax dollars, you would think at some point somebody could compare the two, and I would almost want to say that, that the tax revenue is more worth it than what the what the law enforcement would be doing to ruin lives, um, give people records uh, over simple possessions. Absolutely. Um, first of all, um, uh, as a smaller government um, kind of guy, from a point of view, um, I truly do not believe that cannabis partakers should be treated as ATMs for all of society's ills. Okay. So there's that. Uh, as far as treating patients and cannabis businesses um, fairly, we're talking about a 14th Amendment equal protection clause here. Um, I believe that we are on the cusp of where we were in the 1920s when they um, repealed prohibition. And Congress is not going to take up this issue. Certainly, the two presidential candidates are not going to take up this issue. Well, we know we know in the first four years with Trump that this is not a this is not a priority for his administration. Uh, it's very obvious, um, and I think that there's been several questions asked over the course of the four years of when and if they would ever address, and it's it kind of does get pushed aside um, gently. Uh, Biden and and Harris, I think uh, it looks like. The talk is there that they would address marijuana on a federal level, um, but we're in an election year, and we know how that goes. We know, hey, if I want to get some votes, I'm going to say I'm pro-marijuana. And next thing you know, you get a few thousand or hundred thousand votes, you know. Um, so it, it's interesting that the marijuana, the medical marijuana, let alone legalization federally and lifting those, changing the schedule, uh, definition and stuff like that has become nothing but a political tool. Absolutely. Uh, let's go back to the two words, numbers matters. Correct. Uh, polls show that 60% of Americans support some kind of mar uh, mar uh, marijuana decriminalization. But guess what? 
Only 33% of those people go to the polls. Yeah. So opinion, numbers matter and opinions matter. Absolutely. That, and that's where Cannabis Party Oklahoma comes in. Excellent. I want to organize 507,582 Oklahoma registered voters, the 57% that came out for 788, uh, into a dominating, crushing political force in Oklahoma, Oklahoma politics to prove a point. And we'll get across bridges. We're going to cross the Red River uh, when we get there to Cannabis Party, Texas, Cannabis Party, uh, Arkansas, Cannabis Party, New Mexico, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And this is where it starts in Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, it sounds like a great effort. It sounds like a great movement. Um, I, I'd love to keep an eye on the progress. We'll update. We'll get. We'll touch base with you along the way and see see how things go. Um, Hopefully, like you said, if you can get filed in November 16th and, and get that paperwork moving forward and then keep keep getting signatures and get that supported, uh, it would be great to see a million, million come out by April of next year. Absolutely. There's no question. Uh, on November 16th, the notice of intent to form a new political party will be filed. That'd be great. And the petition will start that day just like it started in 2018. Uh, in 2018, uh, I was prepping for 2020 elections, okay, uh, didn't work out, I got 3,000 signatures uh, just on my own with some friends and homemade signs, uh, maybe this time with better organization, a better uh, awareness of the problems with the Controlled Substance Act, uh, we can move forward quickly. Uh, and uh, this year, uh, this effort will be prepping for uh, 2022. Yeah. Well, you always got to look ahead, correct? I mean, you always have to look ahead. Absolutely. 2022, we've got 101 state house seats coming up again. We've got 25 state senate seats coming up again. Um, so, uh, and the governor, I believe, is coming up in 2022, if I recall. Yeah, and, and that's going to be a tough one, too. Um, I see a lot of people that are satisfied with what he's done. I see a lot of people that are completely dissatisfied with what he's done. I, I think he takes a firm stance on some things and I think he turns his back on things that would be beneficial for our state. Absolutely, but we, if we can organize 507,582 yes voters into a political party, we can, we can crush any, any, any race out there. So imagine, imagine a third party stepping up taking the governorship. Absolutely. That would be that would be that, something to see, right? That that is not beyond the realm of, 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 of creative imagination. That is not beyond the realm of out of the box thinking. That is not beyond the realm of what we did uh, for seven eighty eight when the people came out. It's very interesting. The politicians, the politicians uh, handed that decision to us, and we beat. A $500,000 last-minute money dump by the No 788 campaign. Yeah. Even with all the drama that we had, even with all the infighting we had in 788, even with all the disorganization of 788, we still beat No 788, even with their last-minute half-million-dollar money dump when... Yes, seventy eighty eight cents probably no more than hundred and fifty thousand dollars on the whole deal. Yeah. 
it, it was it was quite exciting to see that happen. Pretty pretty momentum. Uh, the, the momentum just moving that moment on 788 and, and, and then watching it happen when it was finally decided was amazing. Um, what do you think, uh, as we're talking about the war on drugs, I mean, what do you think about other, other situations? Um, let's say like, I mean, you have uh, psychedelics that are being, you know, legalized in other states, Oregon, California, Colorado. Um, there's just a lot of different avenues of natural medicines that have been people are putting toward the ballot, trying to get to vote to see if we can legalize some of these things. How do you feel about some of these other things besides medical marijuana? Well, uh, when you talk about those issues, um, my far right, extreme far right Republican side of me comes out. The government has as much right to decide what we put in our bodies as what we put into our minds. It's none of their business. Let's treat drug addiction as a public health policy, not a criminal issue. Let's get folks who have suffered from adverse childhood experiences who are addicted to drugs. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, I, I, I suffer from cluster headaches. Um, I'm on a lot of different forums and groups. If you're familiar with cluster headaches uh, or even, you know, remotely, uh, you'll find that a lot of the treatments, you go to a neurologist, they're going to hand you every kind of prescription there is known to man. Um, I know across the nation, I know people in, in other countries that I'm friends with, that I speak with regularly, that suffer from cluster headaches, which is known as suicide headaches, one of the most painful headaches you could possibly get. And these people, they bust, they, they call it busting, and they use medical, they, they use uh, mushrooms, they use LSD on a micro, micro level, they take micro dosing uh, in order to bust these cycles. Some are chronic, some are episodic, um, but they get these headaches, they suffer from them. Some of them have lost businesses, some of them can't function, some of them have to go on disability. Um, but they use it and, it and it works for them. And unfortunately, unfortunately, if they get caught with it, that again can ruin their life because then they have a criminal record. Absolutely. Uh, I hear the story every day, folks being illegally healed. And that brings out the empathetic side of me. I, I was telling people the mayor needs to be an empathizer in chief in the next four years going into the war on the pandemic because we got depression, anxiety, isolation, uh, cluster headaches happening to people out there. We've got to somehow turn that into public policy and deal with that. Yep. Uh, and again, I'm flipping between my far right Republican side yeah. and my far left Democratic side and to say that the government has as much right decide what we put in our body to, to heal ourselves if that's what we believe is going to heal us as it, as it does government deciding what we put in our minds it's none of their business yes and I find a lot of people talk about the loopholes I mean yeah there's there's plenty of loopholes with any illegal drug you can you can put it in your body but it's illegal to possess own or even make it so, you know, the, the, the loophole in the law of saying, well, you can do what you want with your body, your mind is free and whatnot, but you, if you catch you with any of it, making it, using it, growing it, you're done. Um, it it kind of seems like a contradictory law they've set up and, and um, you know, the drug, the drug administration has proven time and time again the war on drugs is not successful. It is not, it's not beneficial to the people. It's not beneficial to our government. 
And uh, I, I would agree, that, um, you know, no matter which side, Republican or Democrat, I kind of feel uh, in me that it's got to end. It's time, it's time to restructure or take a second look at what we're really doing with these drugs and what, what medical uses they would have um, and reschedule. Uh, the scheduling system in, in, in a, as a whole is kind of at a fault, especially when you look at the differences in prescription versus natural medicine. Absolutely. Prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, has never worked, will never work. War on drugs is a colossal failure. And if you read the Controlled Substance Act on the very first page, they specifically exempt from scheduling tobacco and alcohol. Yep. And the rest of it is scheduled. How does that work? That is a 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause issue. Substantive due process issue. Not to mention the Establishment Clause issue when some religions use uh, the psychedelic yep. Native American Church. Mm -hmm. The Natives use peyote as a religious sacrament. Yep. Yeah, you hear the, a lot about that. You hear a lot about ayahuasca. There's places you can go in uh, South America and just, just go to a clinic for a weekend or take a week off. You can go down there and use ayahuasca. DMT, um, there's a bunch of different ones you can go down and use in that country legally as a clinic safely with different shamans kind of assisting you. And, uh, you know, these people come back with phenomenal stories of change, phenomenal stories of healing, people with emotional uh, depression, abuse, sexual abuse. And they come back and they tell these stories of how they've let it. it it's just released them from that. And, um, you know, to me, why, why keep people from being able to heal their emotional state, let alone their physical state, um, strictly for a law? Um, you know, we, I, I'm all about abiding by the law. I'm all about being a law-abiding citizen and supporting uh, those that can protect us. But when those that protect us protect us from helping ourselves, it becomes a problem. Absolutely. Uh, cannabis, uh, I mean, uh, Controlled Substance Act is what uh, we call mala prohibita law. It is illegal simply because the law says so, not because it is inherently evil, like murder or um, the violent crimes, the violent major crimes that I'm talking about. And uh, it's not working. It's caused more drug addiction, more drug trafficking, simply because it keeps the prices high. And as soon as somebody is arrested for rolling weight, drug trafficking, within a few hours, somebody's taking his place. Yep. It simply has created a job opportunity for somebody else. And uh, what I'm looking for uh, in the short term is I'm looking for someone to be the face of the Cannabis Party Oklahoma, the public face of Cannabis Party Oklahoma. Uh, somebody has suggested that I should be looking for a veteran uh, with, who, are, who is being illegally healed right now yep. to be the public face of Cannabis Party Oklahoma. And, uh, like, I'm a, I'm a lightning rod. I get that. Right. Correct. I, I, I prefer to be in the background. I know, I know, uh, like I said, through a lot of these cluster headache groups, and um, uh, I, I suffer from P uh, PTSD as well, uh, just from abuse from my childhood, but I know there's a lot of veterans out there that suffer from it, and they're finding in other states, they are finding re uh, relief through the use of MDMA, the, the, the use of some of these drugs that are considered illegal. 
And uh, to me, you, you know, like you said, having a face or having a leadership of a veteran, there's no bad to me. There's nothing better to see a veteran standing up for the rights that he fought to give us and to show that he supports change in these things, in, in the drug enforcement. And, you know, uh, when a veteran steps forward and he says, look, I suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome and these things have helped me. Why are they illegal? That's a big stance. And, that, and, and to know that that person fought for our freedom, a, a freedom that's restricted by law. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's, that's probably a good point. That's probably a very good point. I think I lost you. I, I believe that that's a very good point that, that a, you know, having a veteran as the face of it um, is good. Um, at the end of the day, having the face of a party, whether it be for a party or for a movement period, um, to me, it doesn't matter if it's black, white, veteran. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is. I don't look at people on that nature. I look at people for who they are, what they represent, how they respect me and my family, and at the end of the day, what they do for the community. And I think finding a face, um, uh, uh, finding a veteran that's going to support ch making these changes in drug law is, is, of course, great. If it's a veteran who's actually, like you said, having to go elsewhere and use illegally in order to treat his own his own problems, uh, then yeah, he's he would be a great spokesman for the movement of changing these and rescheduling. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel that it's really it boils down to really anybody who can stand up and represent and be the face of something or a movement. Uh, and can show integrity, can show that, that they're willing to fight the good fight for the people that they support. Um, you know, it, it's hard when you watch all these politics, it's hard to see these people come forward and they want to be the face and they're running for a Senate seat or they're running for governor. And you know in the background it's all about money. Um, but to find someone who, who genuinely wants to do, the, do it as a grassroots movement, but not just for themselves, but for the entire community or for the nation, um, and I think that's probably the face you need is somebody who's got that integrity. Absolutely. You know, um, when I was active in duty Marine, one of the most important lessons I learned is uh, the squad leader, the fire team leader, always eats last after his men. And um, if, we, if, if you can put out the word that uh, I'm looking for an illegally healed veteran, uh, to be the face of Cannabis Party Oklahoma, I'm going to step back and just do the support um, of it and um, do the, the background um, uh, the background logistics that need to be done. Yeah. Because I, 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 I learned that lesson in the Marine Corps. The, the guy in charge always be flat. You put them, you put, you're as, only as good as your people. And um, you got to take care of your people first before you, you get to yourself first. And that's that's where I'm at. And, yeah. you, know, you talk about you talk about integrity. Um, I'm going to be upfront and, and transparent in everything I do. And if I fall off that, if I fall off anywhere, I want to be called out on. Well, and like you said, that's where putting good leaders in and supporting your good leaders. Uh, it's like you said, it, even in the military, you're not going to put your weakest members out front in the strong points. So if you have a good good member to be your public face and then you step back and you have these other leaders, if you did fall out, those are the ones that are going to come pick you up and hold you accountable. 
And so it makes sense that you put your good leaders out front always. Um, I know um, I've owned several businesses. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of different things in my life. Uh, my resume is too long to even get on one sheet. But at the end of the day, there's one thing I have learned in all these years and that being a leader sometimes is about letting others lead. It's, it's literally about letting somebody else take the reins for a while and you step back and you really learn a lot by watching them fall. And sometimes that's what it takes, but you always put your best out front. And it's not about always having to lead, but it's, sometimes it's about letting others lead. Absolutely, you know, uh, I, it is my intent to bring the Marine Corps organizational doctrine to complete this mission. And we will complete this mission. That's what, that's what I do, I complete missions. Uh, so uh, I'm looking for um, three, uh, three folks, one, one person to be in charge of the media, uh, one uh, person to be in charge of the, uh, the, the volunteers, and uh, one person to be in charge of uh, contacting the, the, the cannabis industry to, uh, to get Cannabis Party Oklahoma going as far as the signature collecting go, it goes in the short term. And uh, we're going to cross bridges uh, uh, when we get to those bridges. And, uh, and complete missions as we go along. Uh, I've already done. I've already done some of the preliminary scouting of this, and uh, I, I know I, I have some idea of some of the you know traps that we're going to fall into. And uh, with better organization this time, and people who have contacted me, you know about the process better than I can ever imagine to learn. Uh, we're gonna get. We're gonna complete this mission. Do me a favor. Um, we're gonna wrap up right now. Um, but do me a favor. I want you to get, go ahead and give us a, a contact for the Cannabis Oklahoma. Go ahead and give me that an, an email or a contact that you can give our listeners. Um, any other information or organizations you want to put out there? Go ahead and do that right now. Okay. Uh, the email address is Cannabis Party OK at Gmail. And you can contact uh, contact me here, uh, or you can call this phone number 918-322-9568. And uh, we're also on Facebook, Cannabis Party uh, Cannabis Party USA on Facebook. Um, and uh, we in the past, well, we had to you know just put it out, put out information. But we're going to do a more focused. Uh, 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 messaging uh, as we go forward. Excellent. Thank you very much. Awesome. Uh, it's an important uh, message. We have got to end the war on drugs. Bottom line. I would agree. You have a great day. Thanks a lot, man. Bye. All right.